Hey, parents, we're really glad to have you with us today for uh, another episode of the Wonder of Parenting podcast, a brain science approach to parenting. My name is Tim Wright. I'm here with uh, Dr. Michael Gurian. Michael, it's good to have you with us. Great to be with you. Thank you. So I'm going to do it, uh, something a bit different in terms of our question today. I'm not going to read the question first. I'm going to raise uh, why I'm nervous about talking about the question, and you and I can talk about why I'm nervous about it for just a couple minutes, and then we'll get to the question. Oh, okay. We're talking about body image, partic- specifically body image for women and girls, and my sense is that guys and women uh, have different sensibilities when it comes to body image. And so I will admit to being a bit nervous being a male talking to females about body image. So uh, can we? Can you talk for just a moment or two, uh, maybe how guys and women view body image differently if they do, and, and uh, to kind of set a baseline to say we're two guys talking about it, uh, and and but but it's still there are some brain science things that we can say about this issue. Yeah, yeah, really great way to introduce it. You're right. Um, so I will come at it from uh, well, while we are guys, there's no doubt about that, and there are differences that I'm going to talk about in a moment. Just know for people listening that I'm going to come at it from a science based viewpoint, and then as a clinician, you know, as someone who has helped um, uh, many girls and women with this in clinical practice. So I'll stick with that. I'll try not to bring in too much of me being a guy. But, you know, the thing is, uh, you're right. Males and females see body somewhat differently. And I think a couple core differences. One, one is that in, in uh, evolutionary biology, so if we look at our sort of history as a, as a species from a scientific perspective, what we notice is that for females, females need to be at a, from an evolutionary viewpoint, a particular female does not need to be, but from an evolutionary viewpoint, which affects our genome, females need to be uh, attractive um, because in the million years of human history or whatever you want to start counting, uh, in terms of developing this, this genome, the females being uh, XX, males XY, um, sh- that's carried forward, right? The epigenetics of that are that sh- it c- that keeps moving forward with the genome. So females, even now, uh, still need to be attractive to entice a mate. The, there's more variety now, right? So there's much more variety now. So what is attractive now has much more variety than it had uh, a thousand years ago. But um, uh, that still exists. So for males, so, so for males, it wasn't necessarily that they were physically attractive. It's their power. So females would mate with them and select them because we want to remember that most of mating happens because females select the males. And that is also still true. <clears throat> is there more variety now than a thousand years ago? Yes, um, uh, there is more variety. And you do have more, um, more uh, females being assertive, males being less assertive. You certainly have more of everything. But f- males still have to posture and they still have to prove themselves um, as, as powerful and successful, in other words, in performance, so females will select them because females are still unlikely to select the beta, beta, beta males. Females still select to mate. They select the alpha males and they try to select the higher level males. Um, so body image gets 
built into all of this. For males, if they're steroids or if they're athletic, you know, they may be doing a lot with their, their body image to be attractive. That's true. But males like you and me and most guys are not necessarily have to having to worry as much about their body image as they are about what they're good at and proving to a female um, that they're good at that and then also learning how to listen to her and be romantic with her so that she's attracted to him. Whereas for females, and any 15-year-old any will say this, any 13-year-old will say this, uh, in the jungle that is high school or the jungle that is middle school, uh, it's still the case that, um, uh, that females get very focused on their body and their body image when they get to the point that they want to be selected or when they get to the point that they want to mate, which of course for younger teens, we don't want them to have intercourse, but they're still trying to mate. And that I think is the deep difference that still carries forward and that sets females up even more than males to have these, um, I mean, with males, you have a pocket of males, like the steroid users. You know, you've got that pocket of males who are very concerned with body image to their detriment. But with females, it's a larger group. Um, and we could say in the teen years, it becomes almost a majority of females who are ultra concerned with body image. Which leads to our question. And uh, before I read that, we just want to give a shout out to our sponsors who uh, support this podcast so that you can listen into it for free and we're so glad for them to do that um michael start with uh, our newest sponsor the forge school yeah so the forge school and you can learn about them on wonderofparenting.com we have a direct link to them the forge school is for 13 to 17 year old boys it's a boys boarding school and it's a therapeutic boarding school and something that's really unique about it is that it's for it's completely adventure based so what it does is wrap the academics it teaches math you know social studies i mean it's all it's a high school so it's all the, the courses um and it's wrapped around uh, clinical practice and it's wrapped around adventure because it's got 55 acres where the school is uh, near mountains and a river. And so a lot of stuff's done outdoors. And uh, so it's sort of a perfect boy environment. And uh, it's called the Forge School. And I'm consulting with them. So I know them well. I can give them my my. Um, what would you call it? My seal of approval. I there guess. it is. I yep. guess that's what it's called. Uh, yeah, because I really believe in what they're doing. Um, so check out the Forge School off of wonderofparenting.com. And also you'll learn about uh, our other sponsor, our good friends, the Center of Place of Hope in the Seattle area, and uh, dealing with all kinds of issues that we deal with all the time in terms of anxiety or depression or eating disorders, whatever it might be. And certainly uh, the topic we're talking about today is something that they would have insight into. So if you ever need a place to start, it's the Center of Place of Hope. And again, that's available for you at wonderparenting.com. So this question... Uh, came to us on our face, Facebook page. And if you are not familiar with that, you just put in Wonder of Parenting into the search and you can join the group. And uh, I have permission to share this with you. This uh, had a lot of conversation around it, as you can imagine. Uh, this is from a mom. She says, being a woman, I'm acutely aware of societal pressures based on appearances. So I have raised my daughter with limited media. We talk about the values of all bodies, unreal standards, and I praise her perseverance, kindness, empathy. She does watch a couple of shows I've sourced from Common Sense Media that have strong female characters, but those shows have limited body diversity and focus on teens. My daughter is almost 10. Recently, she was crying, saying she felt bad because she finds me chubby and not beautiful, 
and that I have wrinkles and my lips are too big, among other specific cutting observations. She told me that she is really worried that she will look like me and have my body type when she is older. For the record, I'm average healthy weight. Uh, I'm floored about what to do here. Any insight would be greatly appreciated. And uh, I know, Michael, our hearts go out to that mom, first of all, mm-hmm. uh, who, who heard those kinds of things from her daughter and how devastating that is. And then, of course, for the 10-year-old girl who's under such pressure to look a certain way. So what are your, your first initial thoughts? And then we'll go from yeah. there. Yeah, we'll drill down in a moment. I, the A few things initially. Uh, one is that that this can be a way in which this 10-year-old is beginning to try to individuate, to separate herself from mom, which is common to happen in early early adolescence, you know. So one, one thing could be that, uh, and she's using body image and a critique of the mom, uh, which she has heard somewhere else, you know, she, right? She's 10 years old. Somewhere else she has heard that wrinkles and fat and all that is not good and she's processing it all and then critiquing mom um uh in that way and and she specifically tries to separate herself from mom by saying i you know i don't want to be like you Uh, very very painful and 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 it's well we'll drill down in a moment on how i think we ought to handle it but that's one thing that i think is going on another thing i think is going on potentially is that that and what I'll say to this person is if you if she keeps doing this, you know, for a few weeks, uh, if she keeps being so focused on this, uh, both on her in herself, this 10 year old and in the mom, I would I would actually talk to someone like a counselor uh, to try to get help to figure out if something, you know, if we're seeing an early adolescent onset of something uh, which could could later which we want to nip in the bud now, which could later become anorexia, bulimia, or some kind of eating disorder or mm-hmm. body dysmorphia, which is kind of the overall term for when when a, an adolescent um, a child adolescent then adult uh, it, it disconnects from their own body wants wants their you know their body to look like such and such their body doesn't and then they start doing bad things to themselves psychologically so so if this has happened once or twice and it's part of individuation or it's part of she was mad at mom and she picked the thing she knew would hurt mom's feelings, if it's that kind of thing, then I would handle that as <clears throat> a united front, you know, mom and dad or whoever's there says to her, that's not allowed. You don't, you don't, this is disrespectful of your mom. You know, you don't talk to your mom that way. If that's what this is going on. If what's, if what's going on is she, this child is, is kind of overwhelmed and and worried then you know that's going to be handled with empathy by the parents but then at a certain point we're still going to say to this child we're so glad you shared that with us but guess what you know mom is fine mom looks good i mom and mom's going to have to do this i mom am quite happy with who i am and uh you know you you being dissatisfied with how i look is not going to affect me i'm quite happy with it because that modeling of that kind of strength is part of what this child will need but if the child is developing some sort of disorder, you know, then I think we want to talk to counselors. So I, 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 it's impossible here to distinguish. My sense is that this child is probably doing individuation and critique and, and processing something that's making her sad, and it's not a disorder. But I, I can't do this podcast without saying to someone, if you're in a situation like this and it happens numerous times, uh, get some help with, from someone. 
I can only imagine how confused our daughters, our girls must be with all the various messages they're getting today. Um, you see, uh, of course, a lot of these pop stars who are thin and energetic. Uh, but at the other end of the scale, you've got some some rather famous people who um, you would not consider to be thin, who call themselves fat, but then talk about body positivity and just love the way you are. And there doesn't seem to be anything in between, right? Um, how do we help our girls navigate their way through all of these mixed messages? And um, well, I'll start. Yeah. I'll stop there. How do we help them navigate? Because I've got some other questions to follow up with that. Yeah, I think you've raised a core question. It's one of the reasons we want to keep kids, especially young kids, away from digital life as much as we can, you know, so that they don't get caught up in what is um, inherent right now in digital life, which is as you've described it, you know, pop music, uh, TV, you know, YouTube, everything, you know, so one strategy is you just keep them away from it uh, as long as you can. Now, at a certain point, they'll get into it, but keep them away from it. The second strategy is that we need to talk to them about both ends. Uh, we need to talk to them about the, the anorexia bulimia end, um, uh, you know, and we need to talk to them about the obesity end both because both are dangerous to them so when when someone is obese and is saying um through the media is saying this is a great way to be you know i'm 100 pounds overweight i don't care it's a great way to be we have to talk to our kids and say hey you know it's a free country it's her right to say that but no that's not a great way to be that is dangerous for you you know, I'm your parent. My job is to help you develop and mature well. And no, you know, you're going to die young if you get COVID. Your chances of dying from obesity are are two or three times higher than the norm. Uh, dying from COVID, comorbid with obesity, you know, all of these things, we have to say no to obesity. And then on the very thin end, we have to say no to our kids on the thin end. And, and uh, when we see images of people who are incredibly thin, and, you know, we have to say to our kids, hey, you know, it's a free country. This person has a right to be who she is. And uh, but at the same time, that's too thin. Uh, so if I see you not eating anymore, my dear, I'll pick my other daughter because I talked about Davida last time. I'll use Gabrielle's name this time. Uh, they did not have issues with obesity or anorexia. So I'm not saying that, but I just need a name. So Gabrielle, if I see Gabrielle when I was raising her, if I see her only eating protein, at 14 years old and not eating fats or carbs, I'm going to say, huh, uh-oh, you know, and she's, by the way, skinny already. I'm going to look at that. I'm going to say, no, you know, someone has gotten into your head that you're, that you are supposed to be too thin. Um, and that's probably why you're doing that, right? And then if she'll admit it, that's probably why. She heard somewhere that you can stay thinner if you only eat protein and not fats and carbs. But that's dangerous for her developing body, for everything menstruation for i mean everything it's dangerous for her so so i do think we have to talk to our kids about both the thin end and the fat end or the obese end i prefer the scientific word the obese end um i think both of those are worthy messages without uh saying well that person who said that is a bad person no that person's not a bad person i mean i, I know who you mean I, i'm forgetting the name right now but there's a pop star who's just constantly out there saying that that you know obesity is fine and if you if you say it's not you're fat shaming me right which is a cycle that that you as parents have to get your kids out of you have to say to them i'm not fat shaming her but i tell you what i don't want you to be obese and that's possible mm -hmm. to do 
And um, I'm not shaming that person who's very skinny, but guess what? I have to help you. And you, you know, so, and if, so if people have any thought that they're uh, strategically here, if you think, I don't know, you know, is my child on one end of this or the other right now? Um, uh, what, what the first step before getting counseling that you can do is you can, in your family system, you know, I talk about this in the minds of girls, in your three family system, you get uh, yourself and your spouse, let's say, uh, uh, the child's two parents, and then also others, three or four others, could be school, could be grandma, grandpa, you know, three or four others that know this child well. And you really have a meeting and try to figure out, okay, is this, is you know, is this within the norm, um, you know, and what's it like with your kids, and kind of get together and figure out what's going on with this child. And I gave the example of eating protein and not carbs. You know, that's one that should trigger your getting together and talking to everyone about this to decide where your child is. And if everyone is saying, gosh, you know, um, oh, and part of everyone is going to be a pediatrician or someone who's going to tell you where your child is on the, uh, you know, on the growth spectrum and in terms of weight and BMI index. And let's say you, everyone determines, look, yeah, this child is 13 and she's 30 pounds overweight. I'll use that example. Uh, or this child is 10. This is an example of a 10-year-old. This child is 10, and she's 20 to 30 pounds overweight. Okay, so that's going to put her at 10 in an obese category. So now we are going to need an intervention. So the first step was get everyone together, try to figure it out. Everyone agrees. And now, you know, now we get the doctor involved in what the intervention would be. We look at diet. We look at sleep. We look at nutrition, we look at supplements, we look at exercise, and we recast her life. Um, and her, what we're not, re, we're not getting her to fit the body image of some single person on TV. What we're saying to her is, this is now not about body image. This is about health, and it's recast to health. And we'll still have to fight the body image battle with her because she's watching digital media and getting these images. But and that's fine. We'll just keep fighting that as much as we have to. But our casting of it and our job as parents is her health. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the Skylight Frame. The Skylight Frame is the perfect gift. It's a touchscreen photo frame your whole family can upload photos to from wherever they are in the world. It's a way to share with her all the moments that matter. It sets up in seconds. You can even make sure that it's already loaded with photos when your mom opens her Mother's Day gift. And her Skylight Frame can hold thousands of the treasured photos you share. It's an easy, heartfelt way for mom to stay connected with those who matter most. It really is the perfect gift. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer for our listeners, Get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy. Okay, that's, that's great because I agree with you. 
Uh, oh, <laughs> so okay. It it must be it must be brilliant. Uh, that has sort of been, um, and I'm not speaking out of school. My my daughter has been quite open about this. That since the birth of her second child, who is now in kindergarten, uh, my daughter's really had issues with weight uh, that have to do with uh, you know she just couldn't lose the weight uh, after she was pregnant. And then life gets busy, and then life gets stressed. And so she's doing some really proactive things right now. I'm real proud of her to, to get her life back together. But one of the things that we've talked about over and over again, which has been really hard for her, is it's not about body image. Let's just forget that. Let's just focus on health. Are you eating healthy? Are you getting exercise? Which that in itself isn't uh, easy to do. But um, to try to say, let's forget body image right now. Are you feeling healthy? Are you doing things to keep you healthy? And one of the things I've noticed in this pandemic, which has been fascinating to me, is I can think of uh, two to three different major stars, females, uh, who were overweight and they knew it and did the whole body positivity thing. And now they have, during the pandemic, they have lost weight and they've discovered, and it wasn't about body image, it was about being healthy. And I think probably spurred on by the pandemic that when you're obese, you have a higher likelihood of uh, getting very sick from it. And so uh, I think that that's spot on. And I want to dig deeper into that to move the conversation away from body image, because everybody's body image is going to be different. All all healthy people are not going to look the same, but it's about being healthy. So how do we build those healthy habits into our daughters in particular who are so concerned about body image? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I'm glad you brought that up. And I and I think it is really important to repeat to people that one of the reasons, one of the primary reasons that the United States, um, I know we have listeners from all over the world, um, uh, but we are taping this in the United States. And one of the primary, primary reasons that in the United States we have uh, a higher death count and a higher severe illness count than many other countries is because of our obesity. Because our BMI, body mass index, is somewhere between 35 and 40. If you go to South Korea or China, you find the BMI to be somewhere between 7 and 10, right? Wow. That's a vast difference in the mean for BMI. And um, and we have to cope with that. And so you're absolutely right that this is a health issue. And COVID, obviously, is just one thing. Uh, I mean, there's all sorts of things that happen from obesity. Yep. And, uh, yep. and mental also, depression, anxiety, you know, obesity increases those things. So there's a direct connection between body and brain. Um, and, uh, and, and I appreciate what you said about your daughter. And I know since Gail had kids, my wife Gail, she's been battling it too. And of course, as every probably person knows listening who has children, um, having children affects the female hormonal cycle uh, and affects the female body. And some some females, not as much as others, um, uh, but many, you know, many put on weight and it's hard to get it off. So strategically, of course, now the kids we're talking about here are children. They're not the adults. But strategically, actually, a lot of the solutions are the same. Um, one of those is, uh, well, I've mentioned already sleep. So habits of sleep, um, uh, good nutrition. Uh, so the right amount of protein, fats, carbs, you know, all the right stuff. And you can learn, everyone can learn what they should be for their child. They can learn that by by going into the pediatrician's office, by going into or seeing a nutritionist and and getting the test for BMI for their child and then 
you know, that professional should be able to customize for your child what that child ought to be doing in terms of food, in terms of nutrition. And then there are the potential for supplements. Another thing that people don't do that I think they really ought to do is look at food allergies. So look at the Mm. foods that this child is allergic to or has an intolerance for. And because yeah. um, people argue about the word allergy, and I know why they do that, of course, but, but an intolerance is enough. If, you have a, if your child has a gluten intolerance, um, then that gene is, the child's genes are set up that way. So, so if you feed gluten to that child, then um, you're, you're basically harming the structure of the child because those genes are set up not to take in gluten. Uh, gluten is harmful to them. So uh, to those genes, and your child is based in the child's genes. You can't circumvent their genes. So um, you'd want to cut out gluten. And so you learn about that by doing, like, some tests you can do via stool. You can send stool in to see uh, what the intolerances are. And some of them may surprise people. Like, I've had, I've had clients where they, they thought that it was gluten, and it turned out it was rice, you know, and mm-hmm. then you go, what? Yeah. But because they go, when I eat rice, nothing happens to me. But in fact, it was rice. And then they look back and they say, oh, well, I did have kind of weird bowel movements or I did have weird stomach trouble, but it was so low key, I didn't associate it with the rice. So so you got to do that. Everyone got to do these tests to figure out what they are because now it's all gene-based. Now you figure out what you ought to be eating to some extent, based on your genes. I mean, the basic food pyramid is still a good pyramid, but but if your child is 30 pounds overweight or if your child is underweight, whatever it is, you know, really look at uh, the genes and you can get that tested. Your pediatrician, your professionals, your nutritionist can get all those tests. So that's one that I would ask people to add to their toolbox because that can help them actually circumvent a lot of other stuff because once the child stops eating We've just brought up gluten or rice. It could be anything. But once the child stops eating that, then we start seeing the excess weight starting to come off. Now, you still need to exercise. You still need to sleep. All those are still important. But this is sort of a hidden secret. Well, and sugar is another big one. Well, sugar, well, yes, good good point. I didn't even, oh, my (laughs) gosh. If everyone could cut out refined sugar, America... And the world would be a different place. So th- thank you for yeah. bringing that up. Refined sugar well, is I, a, just, let's go into the, every parent listening yeah. to this, just remember, refined sugar is poison to your child's body. So that's stark. Yeah. I know that sounds brutal, but I think we have to go into parenting today knowing that, that there's nothing in refined sugar that is helpful to your child's body and it kind of poisons your child's body. Yeah. I, I have uh, occasionally will do... Uh, health things in our church. And uh, I'll say, look, if you don't do anything else, just cut out all sodas, cut out all sodas. And almost every time people do that, they start to lose weight just doing that one thing uh, because they're, they're just so bad for you. Uh, The other thing I think is drinking lots of water. Yeah. Cut out junk food, drink lots of water. Yep. Thank you. Lots of water moves oxygen through your cells better. That's really good. Yep. Um, and then, of course, exercise. We've talked about that in the past, how important that is for our kids. So we, we've kind of uh, you know, shifted, which I think is a good shift, from body image to health. And, and as long as kids are feeling healthy, and if they're on a good diet, they're getting exercise, screen time's limited, they're just going to start feeling better about themselves. But there is something, I think, 
and and uh, that's why you're here. There is something, though, about helping kids learn to accept their bodies because every body is going to be different no matter how healthy it is. Yeah, that's crucial. As the child develops, and that's part of our job as parents, and you know the schools do this, everyone does this. As the child develops, we're saying to the child, who you are, here are, you know, these are the assets in who you are, and these are the liabilities in who you are. This is natural to parenting and mentoring. It's always happening. We're always, um, and the mistake that we may make is that we too much criticize, too much talk about liabilities, and don't, uh, aren't positive enough about, you know, the positives and the assets. Um, and so our, our job is to be saying to the child, okay, so here are your assets, and, and here's where I think this is intuitive and instinctive to people. And if, and if people aren't doing this, I beg you to do it. Um, you look at your child at 10 and you're having an interaction with your child. You can see, um, you can say things to the child like, wow, you know, you are really beautiful. The way that you're, um, and we're looking at girls now, so I'll talk about girls. The way that you're, you know, the way your eyes, they're, they just shimmer. They're so... Uh, they just gleam and glimmer, and I just think your eyes are just beautiful, and the way, the way you you walk, and you know, so we find these things that we praise our kids for that go beyond saying you're beautiful, you know, which is sort of the whatever we don't want our kids to have any body image problems, so we'll just go you're beautiful the way you are, you're fine the way you are, right? And 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 that's okay, but kids are really smart, and they at a certain point they've heard that kind of thing a thousand times and it's not really they're not really taking it in um but if we add to it this is what i love about you this is what i love about who you are and and that's most of what we do and then somewhere in there we're gonna say stuff about body you know it's gonna happen like like one of my daughters uh, was a, a late bloomer just like i was uh skinny 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 but didn't really go through puberty yet you know shot up but skinny all the time. So uh, my job was to keep saying, yeah, you're a late bloomer. I was too. This is, you know, this is what I think is beautiful about you. Have you noticed how beautiful you are in these ways? And then she looks in the mirror, which they all do all the time, and tries to see those things, right? And so goes, okay, okay, you know, I'm really ashamed of the fact that I'm such a late bloomer and I'm so skinny. But, you know, I guess that is kind of beautiful about me. Um, and what we're doing there is we're helping meet this child where the child is, because circling back to what I said at the beginning, there is not going to be a universe in which our girl is not going to pay attention to her body image. She is going to pay attention mm -hmm. to her body image. Mm -hmm. uh, that yep. is built into the genome and it's built into human development and evolution. So what we need to do is we need to frame things for her and we need to uh, focus her on all the things that are beautiful. And there are these Dove commercials, by the way. If folks haven't seen them, you can go on YouTube. They're Dove commercials, little two-minute commercials that I showed my daughters that I show it when I speak in places um, that are about this, that help, ref help the girl and the woman reframe. And then in the areas where the child has liabilities, it's okay for us as parents to say, uh, yeah, I acknowledge I acknowledge that you're a late bloomer and that you're really skinny and your breasts haven't come in yet and that that really makes you sad. I acknowledge that. Um, and guess what? You know, they're going to come. It's going to happen, right? And you give that message. But you're not avoiding the area in which you know your daughter has low body image. Uh, and, and by doing this, I think we help our girls to be realistic and we help them to love their bodies because they focus on all the stuff that's great and we admit to them that we understand 
that they're going through some, you know, some kind of mild trauma about body image. And we're there with them. We're there for them. Yeah. Now, normally we try to end these things at about 30 minutes, but I got a couple follow-ups because I think this is just such an important topic. Um, first one is this. There was a, a period um, really right about the time my first granddaughter was born, uh, be about 10, 11 years ago now, where there was a movement of saying you don't compliment kids, specifically girls, on anything that has to do with their physical appearance. Don't say, boy, you've got really pretty hair or you have such a, a beautiful face. Uh, any compliments that you want to give should always be about their internal beauty, not their external beauty. Um, is that is that wise or uh, or is it okay to to call out those physical parts of uh, our daughters that we find attractive or beautiful? Yeah, yeah, I to- totally know what you mean. I, I oh, go ahead. Did I cut you off? No, no, no. That, yes, I wanted to make sure you understood I do. the question. Yeah, I absolutely understand yeah. it. And I've 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 had interesting discussions at conferences, you know, where others who say that we're at the same conference, and we talk, you know, and try to figure out. Um, because I'm obviously, I, I mean, a part of me would not disagree with that. I'd say, sure, you could try that. But but the problem with that, well, first of all, the reason that folks say that is is very, it's very heartfelt. And, and they're, what they're trying to do, as I'm sure every listener knows, is they're trying to say, well, maybe if we never talk about their body or their face or anything, they won't focus on it. And they'll, they'll focus on their hearts, their souls, their internal life, you know, et cetera. So that's... And the self, the internal self. Um, and so I think that's why that is said. I think it's an interesting experiment. I certainly wouldn't condemn it. But um, really, I, you know, when I dig into human evolution and evolutionary biology, which is really my area of science, uh, and then when we put gender science in there and gender neuroscience, I don't think that we're being uh, fully helpful to our daughters if we decide to erase all comment about their body image um, because all their peers and everyone else is commenting or judging their body image. So so it's already going on. So what happens is we as parents um, or, or their teachers, anyone who's bought into this, uh, are, are kind of out of touch. Like they're not, how, how are they really there for me? How, how are the parents really helping me? I've got 20 people telling me A, B, and C about my body and, and my face, etc. And my parents are not helping at all. What I would rather the parents did is give that message, uh, you know, that, hey, it, wouldn't it be great if we lived in a universe where no one talked to you at all, no one judged at all your face or your breasts or your shoulders or, you know, anything where they just looked into your heart and saw who you are etc. We should say that. I mean, because I think that would be a really neat and interesting universe. But at the same time, it's not the universe we live in. And I think for us to really be in touch and be fully helpful to our kids, if they need it, uh, yes, it's fine to be saying, um, uh, I'll give you an example from my own children's lives. When they cut their hair, and by the way, they were not damaged in any way by me doing this. When they, when they, uh, they have naturally curly hair because I have naturally curly hair, and Gail's hair is sort of semi-curly. So they got all sorts of genes for curly hair. But when they were kids, they went through phases where they wanted to straighten their hair. So they would spend an hour or whatever it was straightening their hair, and um, and because some other people had straightened their hair, right, at school. They were 12, 13, 14, whatever it was. And I would say, 
um, this is a difference between Gail and I. Gail was always totally supportive. Like she would just say, oh, that's great, you know. And I would say, come on, you have naturally curly hair. Why not love your naturally curly hair? It's so beautiful. Why not just let it be naturally curly? Right. And we would have this dialogue back and forth and they would go, oh, dad, you know, you don't understand. This is what we do now. Right. We have straight hair. Right. And then and then two weeks later, it would come back up. So I did not harm them in any way. And now, by the way, they don't have time to straighten their hair because uh, they're both working <laughs> and very busy. So they have their their back to kind of semi curly hair. And mm -hmm. uh, there was no harm at all in me saying that to them. Uh, because I'm passing on my legacy. I'm passing on my genes to them, and I'm commenting to them on what I have passed on to them, and that's kind of a, this also a deep, fun conversation that does them no harm. So, no, I don't think we have to go all the way to saying, don't ever say anything, but at the same time, we don't need to judge. And I think that's what we all need to cut out is it's let's not judge unless they're uh, I mean, if they're obese or some one of these things we've already covered and we know they're unhealthy, then we will be judging them. But it won't be judgment. I won't be walking around saying you're fat and ugly. What I'll be doing is saying uh, your health is at stake. Here's why. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love you too much. You have too much value to me to let you to do things that are. Oh, yeah. And I'm your parent, by the yeah. way. My job yeah. is to protect yep. you. Yep. I wonder what role, and this will be my last question. I still got a zillion of them, but uh, what role dads can play in this in relationship to the things that they say about mom and in relationship to the things that they say about their daughters? Oh, yeah. Huge, huge. Um, uh, that's a whole other podcast. No, I mean, or so I'll just say real quick that it is huge that, that, we definitely want, don't want dads doing a lot of negative judgment of mom, negative judgment of child. In fact, you know, little or none. Like if dads are always telling mom you're fat, okay, the daughter is going to grab that. You know, we dads have a responsibility to be to be. If we're dealing with something at a health level, to to let everyone know we're trying to help someone deal with it at a health level, that it's not judgment of their body or face uh, or their body image. Um, that's a crucial thing. And then complimenting our daughters, um, I think is also like I just modeled it with my daughter is, is essential. Mm -hmm. And then, and then also, uh, expanding for our daughters, what they do with their bodies. Uh, this is something people don't realize, but as dads, you know, a lot of dads, especially as the girls get older, the dads become like, I was my kid's soccer coach. Uh, I co-coached with someone else and, and it was another guy. You know, and it's very common that dads are coaching their kids. Moms do it too, God knows. But but this is a role that dads can that that dads can take on based on their schedules, etc. And and it's a great role. And what the dad is doing with the daughter is coaching the daughter in a whole other way of using her body athletically. And and now what's being judged is how did you do that kick? You know, uh, did you lift your head or did you keep your head down when the ball was coming to you? All of that is actually going to become part of the child's body image. Um, but it's performance oriented and it's oriented toward uh, the way that that body fits in the world and fits in a game, fits in an aggression, nurturance structure. Um, and that's that's something that we dads can do. So very little judgment, only deal with health, things at a health level if we're asked to. Um, not judgment of the kid, but health level with the kid. And then expanding what the kid does with her body, uh, giving the kid more options 
uh, th those are just three of the things we can do because because what we think of our child's body and face yep she's going to grab that mm -hmm. uh, i'll close with this this was uh, a show you you probably remember most of our listeners are probably too young it was called cheers oh yeah uh took place in a bar one of the great comedies in the 1980s and for a while, one of the, the uh, characters was Coach, who would serve the, uh, he was sort of the bartender. And he had a daughter, his wife had passed away, he had a daughter. And um, she was a, a uh, they, they obviously did not pick a striking model for the part. They picked a kind of an average looking actress for the part. And she was someone who in one particular episode was struggling with just the way she looked. She didn't find herself very attractive. And Coach, who was a guy who was sort of clueless all the time anyway, he'd taken one too many uh, baseballs to the head, um, he was just talking with his daughter, kind of oblivious to what she was saying about how she felt so unattractive. And he just said, um, you look just like your mother. And as she was about to take that as a, yeah, that's why I'm not very attractive, he said, she was the most beautiful woman in the world. Oh. And it was such a poignant moment uh, that that's a role that dad can play in front of the daughter with his wife to say she's just the most beautiful woman in the world. Uh, and, to, and to hear um, that my, my dad loves my mom right now, just as she is, um, and all the health issues aside, all of that, to hear those kinds of affirmations, I think, can be very powerful from dads to their spouses as their daughters listen. Oh, beautiful. We are going to end with that because that is just gorgeous. Yes. Well, we want to thank you for listening and for giving us an extra 10 minutes of your time. And uh, we're in the midst of a three-part series on girls. We did last week, we did Helping Girls Thrive, focusing specifically on some of the anxieties they live with. Today, of course, body image. And next week, we're going to talk about STEM and girls. So that'll be our next podcast. We'll look forward to seeing you then. Oh, thank you, Michael. Thank you. And I forgot to mention, I was going to mention our Winter, yep, our winter Institute. You know, this uh, it's January 23rd and 24th, and folks can go to GurianInstitute.com, and you're going to see right away a link to it. Um, we do stuff with this at the Winter Institute, and it's in-depth. Uh, lots of speakers, and it's in-depth. So check that out. Um, we especially have someone doing something on the Digital Girl, and um, uh, just check out the Winter Institute. You can get even more depth there. And that's GurianInstitute.com. Yep, and I've, I've been a part of the Summer Institutes, and they have a staff of people who will blow your mind when it comes to really learning everything you want about boys and girls. So, uh, good. Thank you for that. And thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back with you next time. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.